Well, good morning, everybody. Oh, come on. We can do better than that today. We are in God's house, worshiping a good God. Come on. How you doing this morning, everybody? Man, it's great to be here at Heartland Church. My name is Mikey, one of the pastors here on staff, and it is just the joy of my life with my wife to serve as the next-gen pastors here. And, uh, man, we're going to... Let's, let's have some fun today. What do you say? Y'all want to do that? Let's, uh, let's have some fun today, and, and let's, let's dive into to what God has for us, and, and let's just have a good time, all right? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Look at your neighbor and say, let's dive in. Well, before we dive in, I tricked you there. <laughs> before we dive in, I wanted to tell you about something that's really cool happening today. In addition to 21 days of prayer, like Pastor Dusty said, today is actually Promotion Sunday with our next-gen areas, and so if you have a kid or a student, they will actually be in the next grade up in our classroom areas, and uh, it, it's tough when your kids get older, isn't it? I mean, it feels like time's flying by. I, uh, I had some twins, Adam and David Gray, that I met when they were like fourth or fifth graders in Heartland Kids, and I just graduated them as seniors in Heartland students, and it was like a sob fest. It was, it was, it was terrible, but uh, I, got, I got another student here. This is her last Sunday. She's going to Alabama. University of Alabama, just uh, please don't come back and just go rotad after every word, okay, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yes, as Pastor Dusty said, you know, we, we had an incredible move of God at camp. It was all the Holy Spirit, and he just came in and moved like a tidal wave. And my goal back then is the same goal that I have today, and that's that I pray that the Holy Spirit builds your faith and that you are more, more faith-filled when you leave today than when you walked in. Amen? You guys excited about it? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for all that you've done in our lives up to this point. And I know, and I know, and I know that there are people who walked into this place today that are just believing God for some incredible things, a miracle that they need in their life. And Lord, I'm just praying that you could help build our faith today. And so, Lord, lead God and direct our steps. I pray that the Holy Spirit, you would have your way in this service. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen, amen. Now, how many of you in the place today understand and know that one of the hardest things to do in life is to wait? Oh, it's frustrating. Come on. It is so frustrating to wait. I am definitely not the most patient person in the world, as my wife, Carly, can attest to, I'm sure. Uh, I'm not the most patient person in the world. I hate waiting on everything. Like, if you're in front of me at a store... Like, why, why do I, come on, I got my money ready, pull your wallet out, let's go, it's time, come on. Like the DMV, oh my gosh, they move like slaws at the DMV. Like if I'm playing golf and there's a group in front of me and they're just taking forever on every shot and you're waiting on every hole, it is infuriating. It's the worst. One of the worst things in this life is to wait. Somebody say amen. But come on, some things... Are worth the wait. Some things are worth the wait. Now, do you guys remember the uh, crazy snowstorm that we had in Texas back in February? That was tough with two F's, everybody. That was tough. I remember uh, it got to be so bad in our house. We were some of the unlucky ones that went for three days without power. And it got so bad in our house. I remember we walked into our master bedroom and I was just breathing normally in my master bedroom and I could see my breath. And it was in that moment I looked at Carly and I said, we're going to die here. 
But we, we, we moved all of our stuff into the living room. We lit the fireplace. We had everything going. We moved our couches right next to the fireplace, which, praise God, our house didn't burn down. But we were just shivering all night long, and it was just so miserable. But one of the most miserable things was that you couldn't, because there was no power, you couldn't cook anything, right? Couldn't cook anything. And at some point, you get tired of having prepackaged food and, and canned food that you can't heat up in the microwave. It's disgusting. And so you get really frustrated. And so you, you, you start to think to yourself, like, man, how can I get creative with this? How, what can I do here? How can I make this happen? Our, our, our ancestors were cavemen. Come on, Mikey, figure it out. And so I, I thought to myself, I was like, Carly, we have a frozen pizza outside in the snow. I can cook that frozen pizza in the, in, in the fireplace. This is brilliant. I'm a genius. And so we, we go out, we grab the, the frozen pizza, and this is what it looked like in my fireplace. Like we had, I didn't even know we had this cookie sheet thing. It's the perfect size of a pizza. The Holy Spirit was speaking to me, Mikey, this is going to work. And so at this point in time, I'm thinking to myself, I am a genius. This is so easy. Why do people complain about camping? This is a no-brainer. I am the smartest man in the world. And then the Holy Spirit humbled me because this is what started to happen to my pizza. (laughs) Not good, everybody. (laughs) It's not good. And so I started to freak out a little bit, not really sure. I was like, oh, it's just normal. Is this what happens when you cook your pizzas at Blaze in the brick oven thing? I mean, is this normal? And so what happened was as soon as I pressed stop on that video, the entire pizza burst into flames. <laughs> Not good, everyone. And so now I've got this flaming pizza in my oven, and I do the only thing that comes to my mind. I take my oven mitt, and I grab it. Well, now my oven mitt's on fire, and I'm running around my house. Oh! And so I run outside, and I just throw everything into the middle of the snow, and that's what it looked like there. (laughs) I've had people look at that picture, and they say, Mikey, you know, it doesn't look that bad. Like, it doesn't look like it was burnt up. And then I show them the underside of the pizza. Yeah. Yeah. So (laughs) I was a big dumb boy that day, everybody, just a a dummy. And uh, the worst part about it, was I had a lady in this church, I won't say who it was, but there was a lady in this church that messaged me because I posted this on my Instagram, and uh, she messaged me and she said, yeah, that was real dumb. You should probably just stick to preaching. (laughs) Thanks for kicking me while I'm down, lady. I really appreciate it. (laughs) But listen to me, in hindsight, cooking that pizza in the fireplace was dumb, right? It was dumb. But I was hungry. In the moment, I wanted to do something about it. In the moment, I, I, I had something going on inside of me. I had this hunger that I needed to be quenched. I wanted it satisfied right then and there. And my question for you, church, is what happens in your life when you're begging God for something and it doesn't feel like he's answering the call? What happened? What happens when God says it's not a no? It's just a not right now. See, one of the worst feelings in life is to wait, but what's even worse than that is waiting on God. The one who's supposed to be all-knowing, almighty. When you wait on God, it is the most frustrating thing 
in the world. You say, God, what's taking so long? Are you even listening to me? Have you forgotten about me? Do you even care about me? God, I, I, I'm asking to, for you to bring my son back home to church. God, I'm asking that you would heal my marriage. God, I'm asking that you would heal my body. Why does it feel like you, you, you're just not listening to me? And then the more you pray, the less you feel him, and you start to wonder, do you even care about me at all? And can I just tell you today, church, that God's promises, God's will, and his plan for your life are 100% of the time worth the wait. Come on, say amen louder, somebody. They are 100% of the time worth the wait. Look at your neighbor and say, worth the wait. Now, I want to give you three quick things that I know are going to help you realize that it's worth the wait. Here's the first one. Number one is you got to trust and know that God wants good for your life. Know that God wants good for your life. There are too many Debbie Downers in our world today. So many Debbie Downers. If you don't know one, it might be you. I'm sorry. There's just so many Debbie Downers in this world today that they're just like, oh, woe is me. God is always so against me. This is terrible. Why are you always out to get me, God? Nothing ever goes my way. Just Debbie Downers. And you know what? Let me illustrate this for just a second. How many of y'all know that music can absolutely affect your mood, right? Music can affect your mood. For example, you, you, you just cannot be in a bad mood whenever you hear this song right here. do it. You're just a little embarrassed. That's okay. It's okay. We're going to do it without you. We're just going to have a good time at church today. Is that all right? <laughs> it's impossible. You cannot be in a bad mood when you listen to YMCA, everybody. You just can't. Thank you. Now, conversely, it's really difficult to be in a good mood when Lionel Richie comes on with this. Hello. Like you, you just hear that song and it's just so depressing and it's like, oh my goodness. In fact, I don't know that I've ever been a part of a season of life where music has been as depressing as it is in today's day and age. Like the top music, the top songs today are so depressing, everybody. In fact, there's this lady named Olivia Rodrigo. She's the number one artist in the United States right now. And this is her most played song of all time, right here. Listen to this. This is what these lyrics say. It says, I know we weren't perfect, 
but I've never felt this way for no one. And I just can't imagine how you could be so okay now that I'm gone. I guess you didn't mean what you wrote in that song about me because you said forever and now I drive alone past your street. Teenage angst is real, everybody. <laughs> Let me just tell you. It is real. It is alive today. What is it? What is it about those songs that just makes you want to sit on your back patio and look at the rain and just like look out and see off on the horizon and just think about all the world's problems and all the ex-boyfriends and girlfriends you've had and how they wronged you, you know what I mean? But church, I, I've got a question for you. Why do we allow culture and music and friends to permeate our mood in the way that we think? I guess it's not okay with me that in today's culture, in today's society, we think that it's cool or trendy to have depression and anxiety. It's not okay with me that the youth of today are having so many sexual identity crises. Like, we, we cannot allow culture to influence us this way because if you allow culture to influence you, you will constantly be going through these issues and you'll constantly be going through these bad moods and these mood swings. But if you allow Scripture to get inside of you, come on, somebody, if you allow Scripture to re rear its head up inside you, then it tells you that you are more than a conqueror that no weapon formed against you will prosper, that you can do all things through Christ who gives you strength, that you are a royal priesthood, part of a chosen generation. Come on, clap your hands, somebody, if you believe in the life-changing power of Scripture. Don't ever let culture influence you more than Jesus influences you. Romans 8.28 tells us, it promises us that in all things, God works for the good of those who are called according to his purposes. Everybody say, in all things. Now, let me just, on a side note real quick, I, as a, as a next-gen pastor, as a youth pastor, I just feel so obligated to defend Gen Z a little bit because I feel like they get a bad rep. Gen Z might be the most caring generation this world has ever known. Gen Z might be the most merciful generation this world's ever known. They don't just see a problem, but they genuinely want to be a part of the solution. And it doesn't matter if you're Gen Z or a millennial or a boomer. Like, I, I just want you to know that don't ever let someone think less of you because of the year you were born in. Let's not do that. You, you say, Mikey, I'm too old to make a difference. No, no, you're not. Because I guarantee you, you have friends that don't know Jesus. I guarantee you, you can start a connect group right through Heartland Church, and you can lead your friends to Christ in your connect group. I know so many people, young people, who would die to have a mentor like you in their life. Young people, you say, I'm too young to make a difference for the kingdom of God. No, 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 no. You don't have to wait to be great. You can be great right now. Young adults, you say, oh, I'm just trying to wait till I get my spouse, and then I can make a difference in the kingdom of God. I'm sorry. Did God call you? I think he did. You don't have to wait for your spouse. They're just going to come along and make you better. God can make a difference through you right now, no matter how old you are, no matter how young you are, no matter what season of life you're in. He just wants you. So don't ever let somebody try to make less of you or, or anything like that just because of your age. And you say, all right, Mikey, I get it. Getting all preachy up there, all sweaty up there, whatever. You're saying God works for my good, but... 
Why does it seem like he's not listening to me personally? Oh, he's listening. But is it possible just maybe that he can see something that you can't see? See, there's this guy in the Bible, his name's David, a pretty well-known guy. And uh, within the span of just a few chapters in Scripture, David goes from being a shepherd boy to a king's servant to a giant killer to a king, right? And in every season of his life, he needed something different for that season. When he was a shepherd boy, he needed a staff. When he was a king's servant, he needed a harp. When he was a giant killer, he needed a slingshot. And when he was a king, he needed a crown. See, I firmly believe that each season of his life was imperative for the other seasons. If David prayed for the crown while he was still a shepherd, God wouldn't have done anything because it was the right prayer but at the wrong time. Don't get discouraged when you're praying for good things, the right things, but God's not answering it because it's not the right time. Like he's praying the right things, praying the right prayers. But you see, David had to defeat the enemy to his sheep as a shepherd before he could defeat the enemy to his nation as a giant killer. David had to learn humility as a king's servant before he could receive honor as a king. So the different things that you go through in your seasons of life prepare you for the amazing things that God has for you. God's delays are not necessarily God's denials. They just prepare us for the amazing things that he has for us. Amen? Amen. How about this? Have you ever prayed for something, but then God gave you something different than what you asked for? Like the Bible tells us that if we ask for a fish, will we receive a snake? Or if we ask for bread, will we receive a stone? Well, of course not. But what if tomorrow you're heading into a battle that you don't see? You see, God sees the battle, but you don't see the battle. And so you pray and ask God for bread. You ask God for fish, but he puts a sword in your hand instead. And you say, God, I didn't ask for a sword. I asked for fish. I asked for bread. Why are you abandoning me? I don't understand. This is not what I prayed for. You're not close to me. No, no, no. God sees things that you can't see. He knows that there's a battle coming tomorrow, and that fish, that bread is not going to help you. But come on, the sword will. God sees things that you cannot see. God sees the bigger picture. One of the most frustrating things in this world is asking God for righteous things good things and not hearing anything back and you think to yourself man god i'm doing what i know to do i'm not asking for a snake i'm not asking for a stone i'm asking for the right things i'm asking for my friend to be healed i'm asking that that you would help me reach my office for you god i'm asking that you would give me the courage to step up and join the dream team but god it just feels like you're not there And I would just tell you, church, you just have to trust and believe, trust and know that God wants good for your life. Here's the second thing. You got to stay faithful to the process. Stay faithful to the process. Back in 2020, the beginning of 2020, I was uh, was really excited to just go to a new level with God. And I remember kind of being in my, my own personal prayer time at home and And that was back when, like, everybody was like, oh, I'm going to have 2020 vision for the things of God this year. Yeah. It's going to be great. And I was one of those guys that kept saying that. It's like, God, just give me 2020 vision for the things that you want to see in my life. I would be in my room alone getting preachy with myself. I would be like, oh, Lord, 
I will knock until you answer. Come on, somebody. I will seek until I find. You are not going to be away from me this year in 2020. And then the pandemic hit, and I was like, Lord, please, not like this. Oh, Lord, I don't want this right here. I said I wanted to get close to you, not stay home from literally everything for three months. But isn't it funny? The disconnect between what we want to see God do in our lives and the thing that it's going to take to make that happen. Isn't it funny how we want to be changed, but we don't want to be challenged. We, we want to be changed. We want God to do some amazing things in our life, but we want to do it our way. No, 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 no. God's way is always better than our way. There's this incredible thing in nature. It's called the Chinese bamboo tree. And uh, just like any other plant, the Chinese bamboo tree requires nurturing. You have to water it. You have to put it in the right soil. You have to make sure it's getting enough sunlight. You got to do all the necessary things to make sure that a plant grows, right? But the thing that makes this plant so different than other plants is that for the first five years, you will not see any fruits for your labor. But then in the fifth year, it grows 80 feet tall in just six weeks. Isn't that cool? Come on, church. It's easy to stay faithful to the process when you see God working and moving in your life. It's easy to stay faithful to the process when God is doing some incredible things. It's easy to go to church every Sunday. It's easy to join the dream team. It's easy to lead a connect group when God is constantly answering prayer after prayer after prayer. But what about when he's not? What about when he's working behind the scenes and you just can't see it? Because when you don't see God moving and shaking and doing things in your life, it's really easy to fall away. It's really easy to say, you know what, God? You don't care about me, so I don't care about you. Clearly, you're not answering my prayers, so then why would I give my life to a God that doesn't care about me? But I'm telling you, church, God is doing something underneath that soil that you just can't see. Because check this out. During those five years of waiting on that bamboo seed to sprout, over those five years, it's developing this strong and massive root system underneath. It's growing so deep. It's growing so wide that when it finally does break through that soil, man, it's going to sprout like crazy. I firmly believe that in order for God to give us the things we so desperately desire, we must first desperately desire him. Like he wants to do something in you before he does something for you. And I would just encourage you today, don't waste the waiting. Don't waste the waiting. Don't fall away when you don't see God moving and shaking in your life. Don't waste the waiting. Let that be the season that you, go, you grow stronger in your foundation. Let that be the season where you go deeper with the Holy Spirit. That you, you broaden your horizons. You, you broaden your reach with your friends and your family members. Because come on, the day is coming when you are going to sprout above that soil and God is going to do something so magnificent, so unbelievably incredible in your life, you won't even believe. It'll be so unnatural to the things that you've seen before then. Isaiah 64, 4, it says, Since ancient times, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who what? Those who wait for him. Stay faithful to the process because God always has your back. 
And finally, number three, and the team can come. Number three is while you're waiting, God is working. While you're waiting, God is working. Look, trust me, I, I get it. I understand. I, I know I get up here. I've got a few jokes, and we try to be a little funny this morning, but going through struggles and seasons of your life where it doesn't feel like God is moving in your life can be one of the most debilitating things you've ever experienced. That you're praying and praying and praying, and yet God is not coming through for you. You're doing everything you know how to do, and yet you still feel like you're alone and not hearing from God. And if I can just be vulnerable for you, or with you today, I've been where you are. In fact, the last two years of my life have been one of the greatest battles I've ever faced. One of the biggest struggles I've ever been through. See, back in 2015, I, I married my beautiful Carly, my wife. I love her so much. Love you, boo. I married Carly in 2015. We were 22 years old, and you know, we were just so excited to start our lives together. Bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and just, just so much fun that season of life, right? Well, right before we got married, Carly had a doctor's appointment. And at that doctor's appointment, uh, they, they basically told her that she would not be able to have children. Of course, you, you hear something like that, and you're like, well, oh, my goodness, that's obviously not great news. And you start to think to yourself, was that really the case or you know, what, what's going to happen? And I don't know if it was just my young naivety or what, but I remember thinking to myself, and I think I told Carly this, I said, babe, let them say what they want to say. They don't know our God. And again, <laughs> it's really easy to have that kind of faith when God's moving and shaking and working in your life and you're not in a stormy season in your life. Because then 2019 came. And in 2019, we were 26 years old. We'd been married for four years. And we decided that we wanted to seriously pursue having children. So we tried for an entire year, and nothing happened. So finally, we, did, we were like, man, this, is, this might be real. This actually might be the case. Like, God, come on, we need, we need you. So then in 2020, we decided to step our game up a little bit, and we, just, we decided to visit this fertility clinic. And at the fertility clinic, they basically told us the same thing, that, guys, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but without help, you're looking at a 0% chance of having kids. And they said, we're, we're actually giving you a less than 5% chance with help, unless you do IVF. Now, in case you don't know what IVF is, I won't bore you with the details, but it's about a $20,000 procedure, and it involves my wife injecting herself with hormones every single day with a needle for weeks on end. Now we've had friends, we know a lot of people that have gone down this path and it's worked for a lot of people and a couple years ago we were just scared of that. It frightened us. And so we thought, you know what, we're, we're just going to pray. We're going to believe and understand that, that God can do some incredible things. He can, he can move in mighty ways and so we're just going to continue to have faith. And so we're, this is definitely not ideal. And we're just going to keep trying naturally and see what happens until the end of 2020. Now, church, I got to tell you, going through all that stuff was difficult, obviously. Going through all that stuff was, was really frustrating. And I remember praying every single day for God to heal my wife. 
Like I knew I was called to be a dad. I knew that God had, had plans for Carly and I to be amazing parents. We prayed to be amazing parents. And I just could not understand for the life of me why God was withholding this promise from us. Church, I, I was doing everything I knew how to do. I mean, my goodness, I went to school for this. I'm in the faith business, right? Like, I, I was doing everything that I would get up on this stage and preach to you to do. I was daily involved in my relationship with God. I was praying every single day. I was listening to the right music. I was staying faith-filled. I, 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 was, I was constantly trying to give my best here at the church. I, I had a great attitude, or at least I tried to have a great attitude throughout all of it. I was doing everything I knew how to do every day. Day in, day out, going through the grind of this process, saying, God, you haven't done it yet, but I know that you will. But at some point, the grind gets really difficult. And it gets really tough to keep doing those things day after day after day when you don't see God moving in your life. And maybe some of you are at that point right now today. That you're just at the end of your rope, so frustrated and burnt out about the things of God because you have been praying and believing for something that has not happened in your life. See, for us, we would hear songs like The Blessing. They would say, we know that God wants to bless your children and your children's children and your family. And I would think to myself, man, that would really be nice. I wish I could have children who could then have children that God could bless. I remember throwing baby shower after baby shower for our friends. And on the outside at the event while we're with them, we're so genuinely excited and happy for them. But then we get behind closed doors and we cry our eyes out because it feels like God is answering every other person's prayer except for us. I would walk into this church and we would sing songs like, you've never lost a battle. And I would look up and I would say, God, you're losing this one. Where are you? I'm serving you. I'm spending time with you. I'm keeping my end of the bargain. Where are you? Why have you abandoned me when I need you the most? In the fall of, uh, of 2020, Carly and I started to, to meet with different people. And uh, there's people in this room that have led us through this process. And I remember we met with a couple and they reminded us of the, the book, Mark Batterson's Circle Maker. And the premise of this book is that you would take a sticky note or a note of some kind and you would write your prayer request on it and put a timeline on it that you'd like to see God answer it by. And then you put it in a place like your bathroom mirror or on your nightstand where you would see it every day. And every day you would pray for it once you were done praying for it, you would circle it, circle maker. And so we, we had this couple in our lives that said, you know, guys, you should really think about doing this. And uh, I think it'd be good for you. And if I'm just being super vulnerable with you today, church, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I 
because the thing I was most scared of was that I would write this sticky note out and I would put a timeline on it and I would pray for it every day and I would circle it every day and I would have faith every day and then God wouldn't show up. And I thought, what would that do to my faith? What would that do to my ministry? How could I get up on a stage and talk to teenagers about the, the faith-filled God that we have, the faithful God that we have, how we need to be faith-filled whenever he didn't come through for me? I was so scared. And after months, seriously, months of encouragement from, from these mentors in our lives, from Pastor Dusty and Kendra, spent numerous hours with them, we finally decided, my wife and I, we prayed about it and we decided we were gonna make our note. And this is what it looked like right here. Some dark lines around that note. I shed tears on that note. I fought demons with that note. I met God with that note. And can I just tell you today, church, that we serve an unbelievable God who comes through time after time after time because on Father's Day of this year, my wife and I got to announce that we are pregnant with our son who's gonna be born on January 5th of 2022. Come on. We can make some louder noise for the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the way maker, the miracle worker, he who does abundantly more than we could ask, think, or imagine, the God whose timing is perfect. He's a good God, y'all. What do you do when your prayers aren't coming to pass? Well, church, you keep praying. What do you do when every day you're crying because you know that God has promised you something, but it's just not happening in your life? Can I tell you, you just keep crying, but you take your tears to the Lord. He's not scared of your tears. He's not scared of your cries. Psalms 126.5 says, those who sow in tears will reap a harvest of joy. And church, I have lived this verse. I've lived it. So today, I want to give you the opportunity as we start 21 days of prayer to make your sticky note. Under every seat today is a note that you can find and you may not have a pen, that's okay. But what I'd like for you to do is I'd like for you to grab that sticky note and just stand with me all over the room. And if you don't have one under your seat, we can get you one on your way out, whatever it is that you need. Frank is right here in the middle. Just hold your hand up and we'll get you a sticky note. But here's what we're going to do today, everybody. Is that it doesn't matter how big or small the things that are going on in your life are. It doesn't matter how big or small the, the thing that you would write on that sticky note is because God wants to be a part of all of it. He wants to be a part of all of it. And so today, just like Pastor Dusty said, we're going to make 
this space available. And th this altar, it's just a place in the Bible we see, it's, it's the place where they met with God. They would come here to, to sacrifice uh, animals and they would, they would repent and they would come here to meet with God. There, there's nothing strange or weird about it. It's just a symbolic thing where you can come and meet with God. And we've got communion on either side. It's an open communion. You can take it back to your seat. You can take it with your family up here at the altar. But here's what I want to do is I'm going to pray here in just a second. And I'm going to pray for you and your sticky note. And so if you have that thing in your life, no matter how big or small it is, with every head bowed and every eye closed in this room, if you have that thing in your life that you are just so desperately asking God to fulfill for you, would you just raise your hand right now? Oh, Jesus, let's build the faith of our church today. Keep your hands lifted all across this room. I want to pray for you today, and I want to invite you down. As soon as I'm done praying, I'm going to invite you down to this altar. Heavenly Father, we're asking right now in the name of Jesus that you be with us, that you build our faith today, God, that there are people in here who have walked in with some really heavy things, some really frustrating things, and they're praying the right things, asking you for the good things in life, God things that you have promised them, but it doesn't seem like it's coming to pass. And so today, Lord, I ask that they could take the next step in their faith and God put an action to their faith today. In Jesus' name. And so if that was you, on the count of three, if that was you and you held up your hand, you're believing for God something. This is something we want to do during 21 days of prayer for the next several Sundays. We want to make room for God to work, for the Holy Spirit to move. If that was you on the count of three, I just want you to come down here and meet me at this altar. If you raise your hand today, you're asking God for amazing things. I just want to meet you at this altar and I want to pray with you. One, two, three. Go ahead and come. with me. Everybody just lift your hands just like this. Just lift your hands just like this. I'm going to pray for you. And then we're going to sing together. And we're going to believe for the faithfulness of God in your season. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, God, you are going to move in a mighty way. A mighty way, God. God, we're asking right now for every request, everything, Lord Jesus. We're asking that you would fulfill it, not the way that we see it, God, but the way that you want to do it, because your ways are so much greater than our ways. Your thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. And so, God, today, in the name of Jesus, God, let us, let our faith be built. Let the Holy Spirit move in an incredible way. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Come on, team, let's sing together today. Can't go back. Control what tomorrow will bring. 
want our prayer team just to come around some people today who just, come on, we're just going to stand with you and in faith and just believe that in this season of your life right now, we serve a God that answers prayers. In fact, in this next 21-day period, I'm just speaking over some of your lives today that the things that you've been praying for, God's going to give you answers in this 21-day period. I want you to take that in your hand today. Come on, hold it tight. And I want you to say, Lord, I trust you with this right now. I trust you with it. I'm putting this into your care. For some of you, it's a son, a wayward son or a wayward daughter that you've been saying, Lord, I'm asking you to bring them back to the Lord right now. Listen, you can't control the seasons. You can't control them. But what you can do is begin to pray in faith and say, God, I'm not going to let my faith deteriorate in this season. I know people in our church standing for jobs right now who are facing cancer diagnoses right now. I'm telling you, you serve a God that's a healer, and He's here right now. And I'm speaking it over you right now in Jesus' name. The plans of Jesus will come to pass over your life. They are plans not to harm you. Look, God never said you wouldn't go through suffering. You will. This life will be full of it. But He promises to stand with you in the middle of these storms. And so take that right now and say, God, I'm trusting you with this. Come on, I want that prayer team just to kind of come. And we're just laying hands on people right now. We're just agreeing that by the power of God, we're going to see what we've been praying for.